Hello everybody and welcome to the second half of the Kent Senior Cup final which Matt Gerrard and myself John Phipps are currently watching on your Kent Only podcast. It's just over an hour gone here, there's still no score between uh, Maidstone United and Folkestone and Victor and uh, yeah we're going to do the podcast during the rest of the game. Um, Matt is also keeping an eye on some scores that are going to have a big, de- a big impact on uh, in fact, he's refreshing his iPad as we speak. Big impact on Dover season and the rest of the teams in the uh, playoff race. But first of all, Matt, just over an hour gone. What have you made of the game so far here? Uh, we've just seen that uh, Andre Coker, we thought, has been substituted. He's got in some good positions for Maidstone, but people a bit frustration. They put their target on. Folkestone, you know, Maidstone have had the better chances. Uh, good save in the first half from uh, Tim Roberts. A double save from a header from uh, Winter. And he really did well for the follow-up. Maidstone haven't really started in the second half and Folkestone do look dangerous and I just fancy at the moment that Folkestone maybe could hit them on the break and win this cup. I would say so. I think Folkestone, especially their front two, have looked very lively, which is a bit of a contrast when I saw them the other week when they played against Margate. Those two were a little bit quiet, but today they've been really impressive so far. And, and some some good noise from the Maystone fans uh, over to our right-hand side. But you were a bit miffed at the start when there was a bit of, if you all hate Dover, clap your hands, man. Yeah, I nearly walked out after two minutes, didn't I? So, um, apart from that, yeah, it's, it's been 1,600 here and a, the, the, the county's number one cup competition as well. So... Uh, which we'll talk about later, but yeah, the Folkestone fans are making some noise, and there's not much love for Dover here, so I'm trying to uh, get that back up, but I'm, I'm giving me nut down, so to speak. Well, he, he says that, but he has got a Dover Athletic uh, track top underneath his coat, very much underneath his Just coat. Just keep though. me warm, John, because it is cold, and you haven't even got a coat on. What would your mother say? She would say you're, that I was a silly boy. Anyway, it's our uh, 39th episode this week, and uh, 39 is a song by three different bands. I think it's a secret that I'm a fan of Queen, so that would be my preferred uh, song, 39. And without being to Alan Partridge, Matt, on the spot, what's your favourite 39? Queen, The Cure or Tenacious D? Uh, Robert Smith's in The Cure, isn't he? And Jack Black's in Tenacious D. Got no idea of any of those songs, 39. So, um, uh, 39 Steps, because that's in, in Broadstairs, the uh, famous book. So that's my favourite 39. Down the beach because I like going down the beach. And of course, there is the the, uh, the micropub of the same name uh, in in Broadstairs as well, or which I've frequented a couple of times. That as is well. true. Yes, I can't remember who wrote the Thirty Nine Steps. Nor can I. No, exactly. We'll add it in later on, John. Yeah. Can we do that. Yeah, we we really are the finest literary <laughs> minds yeah, yeah. that we've got. Also, I must just say, there's a, cra- a chap here uh, in the main stand at the Gallagher wearing what Crane described as a stonking hat, uh, which I think if he doesn't keep a close eye on it, Matt will try and steal it from him. Which I like to describe the scene. It's a pork pie hat from the, from the uh, 70s or 60s with flashing lights. It would not look out of place at Christmas, but as this is April the 24th, I don't know what it is. But that's what it means to him, a cup final. You've got to have a, a flashing hat, green and red lights. So, um, maximum respect to that man. It's the sort of thing you might wear on a weekend at Butlins. <laughs> not all the Gallagher on a cup final. Maybe it's his cup final hat. Could well be. Exactly. That's what we should start a trend. We're going to a cup final, wear, wear a, a hat. hat. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, bring that forward. Anyway, I can't believe we're actually sat here on April the 24th, four days from what is supposed to be the end of the season, and so little is decided. There's some big games going on as we record this, and what is happening there we'll discuss later on in the show. Um, but even in the Southern Counties EC Division 1, where the top two have both finished their games, we still don't know who's won the league. K-Sports are top of the table, but have a charge hanging over them after playing a suspended player, so Punjab United could still claim the silverware. Anyway, we've got a few interviews that we're going to play for you, and we'll obviously add some more reaction from this game. There's just a corner at the moment, which is clear. Um, we're going to add some reaction to this game afterwards, but um, the first interview we're going to have on is about the Kent Senior Cup. And before the game here tonight at the Gallagher, I caught up with Michael Tapp, who is the Kent FA's competition chairman, and he talked about this game, which is being played here at the Gallagher Stadium, and the future of the Kent Senior Cup. So, Michael, we're here at the uh, Kent Senior Cup final. Uh, one of the big days in the, in the Kent FA year, I suppose. Certainly, most certainly. It's uh, it, basically all the senior clubs have to enter the Senior Cup, and uh, with great sponsorship throughout the last five years from Kent Reliance, uh, who will be finishing this year, unfortunately. Um, but it should be a great game. Two senior clubs, two most senior clubs this year. Well, of course, and obviously Mason United have won the cup more than anyone else, and, and we're here at their home ground as well, so I guess it's, it's a good night for them, isn't it? Yes, great support as well. Um, it was. Uh, it is always difficult to finalise the final, um, as in where it's played, but um, I think it'll be a great, great game. 
I suppose the difficulty was as well, normally, traditionally this is a Bank Holiday Monday fixture with folks from being in the playoffs and possibly in a final that day. That's made it extra difficult for them. Well, it is difficult because we've had to plan that and we wouldn't know how far folks have got as regarding their league position. And they've done fantastically well, probably coming third. So they're obviously in the playoffs. Um, and to give them a chance in that, it wouldn't be right to push it further back. With regard to, say, the sponsors that are moving on, what, what, what do you think the future is for the Cantina Cup? It's difficult. Um, we've really tried and tried. I mean, say this year is going to be the best um, financial reward for the, the winners, £5,000, and the uh, losing finalists will be £2,000. Um, and it is difficult. Uh, any sponsorship is difficult, as anyone would tell you. But we are searching forward for... for more sponsors for next season. Do you think it's a difficult one in that we, we've been talking about on the way up? You know, 20, 30 years ago, there was probably a little bit more prestige in the competition than there maybe is now. And, and is that the case? And if so, why do you think so? I think recent, more recently, the last possibly five years, um, the with the with the structure of the league position of the uh, national league and the national self, etc., etc., um, there's more. Um, prestige in that um, and do they really want to w- win the Senior Cup which is not top of their priorities we accept that and that's why we play it midweek and that's why we we bend over backwards to accommodate the clubs and when we were, when we play the final What would you like to do to make it more, more of a priority for clubs? Um, well it's it's their their choice, unfortunately. You know, it's some teams put out their first team, some teams put out the reserve team. You know, um, we get we've got Gillingham and, and the senior uh, clubs into it. With Charlton, Charlton obviously won it the last two years. Um, very good, um, and, and that's all we can ask, really. Is they support it as much as we do. Have you ever thought about doing anything radical like making it a pre-season tournament or anything? We, we have had discussions previous um, regarding it, um, but unfortunately there is an, an issue regarding uh, registrations, etc. Um, only we have various... People have go on trials and they go to various clubs for pre-season trials and everything like that, uh, and it's just not viable in that respect, unfortunately. But you, you hope, I mean, obviously, you hope this competition, which is a historic competition, it's in the programme, how many years it's been going, you hope there's 129. Still, plenty, still plenty of life in it, ahead of yes. its 130th year. Yes, yes, it is. And we're really pleased. Um, and I'm sure that many more to come. Should point out here, there's a bit of a secret about how we do the podcast coming up now because uh, it's about 10 seconds since I left you before we played that interview um, with how I edit it all together. Um, but Matt, you were sat right next to me when I was chatting to, to Michael there. He made some very interesting points, didn't he, about this competition? Yeah, we all know that it's, it's probably for me personally, it's probably the first game I've seen the King Senior Cup for about 20 years because back in the day when I was growing up, it was a big competition that clubs took seriously. And you think Maystone one of these sides haven't won it for a while and they probably will take it a little bit seriously but it's not a competition that I think it adds a little bit respect for the clubs really if they haven't had a good season folks have had a good season Mason have had a good season but the point he made about trying to make it mid a uh, uh, pre-season tournament I think it's probably the way to go and you know you think what he said about registration does it really matter if you're cup tied in the Kent Senior Cup just to get player games in a little bit of intensity as folks in the corner again it just just not right as a shot comes in from that yeah again the Maystone would they, they've probably got it at Maystone A it's a good ground and they know they're going to get a good gate should they have played it at a neutral ground arguably that adds a little bit more respect to the competition I think even though Maystone have always looked after us pretty well here today the thing is that I think yeah I completely agree we've been well looked after here at Maidstone you know and it is a nice place to watch football but this is like a Maidstone home game and you know I think there was some stuff earlier on in the, in the when the competition was first discussed that Folkestone were normally the home team but I look down here and I see the Folkestone are in their red away strip yeah. so you know this is this is an away game for Folkestone and, and you know I must say we're 66 minutes in and I've been really impressed with them you know they've got playoffs coming up next week they're playing a team two leagues above them away from home and they haven't looked out of place at all but generally speaking you know that this competition isn't a priority for these clubs and it, and it is a real shame and you know I, I do agree that 
you know, pre-season could well be the way to go. And I, I suppose there are. He didn't really mention problems about arranging fixtures and, and something we talked about earlier on about how the National League clubs may not want to play each other during that sort of period. But I don't know. I, I just think that, that, that they've got to do something because it is not a, a priority. And, and maybe even looking at it and saying, does having Gillingham and Charlton in really help this this competition? Why do they have to? start it in September they could start it in January I know you've got to worry about games with pictures like that but start it a little bit later when sides may have gone out the FA Cup may have gone out the trophy or we'll take it a little bit more priority there's not that many how many teams are in this competition eight is it it must be 10 or 12 so it's not a big competition so from that point of view I think they can probably look at it to have a look at refreshing it a little bit making it a bit more uh, excited that sides will want to play in it Charlton what is the point of Charlton going in it they're never going to play anybody um uh, any of their first team in there and it's just you know just adding a little bit of respect to the competition I think I've just been round it I think that there's a tw- there's 21 games in, in the competition in total and there's been a big goal at the moment um, which Danny Kebble has just got his second to put Ebbsfleet 2-1 up up at Gateshead and uh, we will sort of discuss that game a little bit more but you know it is, a, it is one of those nights where everything's sort of going off in the playoffs as uh, K- uh, Kieran McCann is just denied by Lee Wargan there um, you know, it, and it is one of those one of those pivotal nights that that it's amazing. It's happening so late in the season, though, Matt. Just generally, what the, what the, what the season going on so long? Is sort of thing you're saying? Well, just more than the fact that nothing's decided. Yeah, I, I really can't believe it. Yeah, normally you know what's going on. Everything's going to go to the final game of the season for all our sides. I think it looks like Margate are going to miss out at the moment. Maybe in the uh, Devon Bostick Premier, that's the only one. But it's all going late to the end of the season, which is fantastic for us because you look. We could have been talking about the podcast. We've all gone about three weeks ago. I think the other thing as well is I'm, I'm amazed that obviously apart from the Southern Counties East League where we have to have teams going down, we haven't got any teams really in a relegation battle. Obviously Maidstone have secured their, their survival with, a, with back-to-back wins, beating Fylde and then Chester. You know, but this could all be doom and gloom, but none of our teams have really sort of have had that stinker of a season and, and those who have had disappointing campaigns are using it as a, as a campaign to build. Yeah, I think it's been a successful. You know, you've got Bromley going to Wembley. You could have a couple of sides in the National League Premier uh, National League playoffs as well so yeah, all in all it will go down as a successful season for Kent and it could even be more successful could we have two sides going to Wembley <laughs> well who knows obviously we've still got Darford could still win the league as well and, and there is still a possibility that we were joking about earlier five teams be five Kent teams being in the National League uh, next season which is a, a very interesting sort of um, formula that they'll have to worry about because there will be an odd one out when it comes to the festive fixtures and that would be that would be really disappointing for someone who may end up with a game they maybe don't want in a, a little bit further away at that at that vital time well, but I presume that would probably be Bromley again they would be the one maybe they'd have to go and play all the shot if Woking get relegated from there so that could be from that you would, you would have thought that well we're tempting fate here that Ipsley if they don't go up and Darth will be playing each other and Dover and Maidstone here if we've got a break in play 20 minutes to play could go either way this one John it certainly could um, we'll move on swiftly now to talk about um, an, a second interview that we've got, which um, I obviously gave it a bit of a big up last week. I said last, next Saturday was going to be Abacus Saturday, as we were wondering about the points per game in the, in the Boston South Division, if we were going to get a third place. However, as we're going to hear now, Abacus Saturday has turned into a bit of a damp squib. Um, Peter Miller is an expert on the promotion and relegation scenarios in the pyramid. And uh, as this season particularly complicated, and frankly, I'm fed up with trying to explain it to Matt, I caught up with Peter on Monday night while he was at another game to talk me through things. First of all then, Peter, tell us a bit about how you became such an expert in all of this, uh, what I'm going to call nonsense. Yeah, I think nonsense is a good word for it. Um, I think because of the fact that Stone South, which is uh, where FC, and uh, unfortunately, the past, well, it feels like 10 seasons, we've been really struggling. And uh, the first season that we really struggled, the idea of a reprieve came into the reckoning. None of us really knew what that meant. And uh, none of the league tables kind of showed that in its league table positions. So I decided to, just for the benefit of the Ware fans, set up a spreadsheet to kind of show where we were at and then the where management started to take an interest in how many more points we needed to get into a reprieve position and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it's been going about, I'd say, I'm at 748 season of me doing this uh, this particular document. And and this season is, is particularly a complicated one, isn't it? Uh, this season, it's, um, it's a bit stupid, to be honest. Um, because of the fact there's this restructure going on, that means that there's the extra division going in at step three and the extra division at step four. And uh, 
because of that, it means that there's more teams that are needed to be promoted and less teams relegated. But because of that, uh, the numbers are slightly skewed to not make it perfect where it's a two up and a one down or anything like that. So they've had to make it where you get a bonus team getting promoted and only the bottom clubs going down. And then at step five, it, it also gets a bit messy as well with most of the runners up going up and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, this season seems a little bit more complicated than previous years. And I think now, from looking at your latest spreadsheet, it's it's not going to be possible for for Cray Wanderers to be automatically promoted in third place. Is that right? Yeah. After um, after the results over the past week or so, uh, it's been now confirmed that the third bonus uh, automatic position is going to come from uh, the Northern North League. Uh, meaning that, yeah, sadly, it will just be the top two going up from from the one one south. And um, but there is still a possibility, I understand, because of uh, Thurrock going out of business, that the team who has the best points per game, who loses a playoff final, can be promoted. Is that right? Yeah, that's the that's the interpretation. So because of the fact that uh, Thurrock have confirmed that they are going to be sadly uh, going out of existence. That means that there's an extra club from step four that's required to go up. Um, and then that's when it gets a little bit tricky. Normally, it would be a step three club would get saved. But because of the fact that only one club goes down, the FA have been pretty adamant in saying that the bottom clubs won't get a reprieve. So that's why we've got the situation where an extra step four club goes up. Now, you'd think it would make the most sense because of the fact you've got the best third-place club going up as it stands, you'd think it would just make sense to promote another third-place club because then everyone knows what they're playing for. However, in the FA guidelines for this season, it does clearly state that it's the club that loses the playoff final that has the best points per game over the season, which even having to explain it as slowly as that tells you how much of a bizarre situation it is. It is completely random, and I think you know it's frustrating. I suppose from from the point of view of people who aren't going to know exactly what's going on until such a late stage, and that's why this. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you could be looking at playoff finals next weekend, and not oh, in two weekends' time, and not actually have a clue. If it's, you could see a game where both teams actually end up getting promoted, regardless of who wins, and that and that's a pretty pretty strange situation, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty strange situation. I mean, what it what it does. Um, mean is that when it comes to the semi-finals it doesn't really change anything in that every side will be going into that knowing that they have to win to stand any chance of arriving and there's no kind of backup or joker in place for any of the runners of the uh, any of the runners up at the semi-finals so, so we know that much but then yeah as you say when it comes to finals day for the playoffs at step four it does mean that the side that loses that's got the best points per game will be going up so by default, that means that out of the sides that go into those six playoff matches on playoff final day, it means that the side that's got the best points of the game is definitely up, no matter what. Because if they win, obviously if they go up, they get a nice little trophy, happy days. But if they lose, they also go up, which is a bizarre situation, certainly for this season. And I haven't looked into it too much for next year. But I do know that the current proposals in terms of how the promotion goes, because the pyramids are slightly skewish, has the same situation going, but the opposite way around, where some sides could go into the playoffs knowing that no matter what, they can't go up. Wow, well, we'll worry about that one next year. And as we've got you on, we, we like to learn a little bit more about other clubs, other divisions. So tell us a little bit about where then. Yeah, uh, I mean, where we're, um, we're based just north of London. Um, we've been going for donkey's years now since 1892 and we've been mainstays of Step 4 for a long time um, as I say about 10 years ago we went on uh, we had a great team we won the uh, league below we went on a great FA Cup run where we got to the first round and everything was looking great and then the classic situation of a, of a budget getting slashed and uh, things pretty much overnight went from amazing to pretty dreadful and apart from the odds um, bit of sunshine sadly it's been like that ever since um, this season we have featured on my spreadsheet which shows the bottom five of each division pretty 
pretty much all year. We are safe, which is excellent. And uh, our new gaffer, John Dreyer, has done a uh, done an amazing job. And um, we've got some good players in that side, and we just converted to three D as well, actually. Which uh, which means that you know, come come August, as with every football fan, there is a certain level of optimism around the club, and we hope that this year it's uh, it's founded. And just finally, you're somewhat of a ground hopper. Understand, ground number four hundred and thirty-one was on Saturday at Folkestone. What did you make of him, Victor? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was um, had a long weekend off of work, so uh, me and Nurses went down to South Kent. Um, and uh, as always happens, I managed to get myself a, uh, a day pass to go out to a football game. And yeah, decided to take in Folkestone and Victor. I've already done uh, Hive Town, is where we were staying. But yeah, we went to Victor. Uh, what on paper was going to be a, an excellent match against Dulwich Hamlet, uh, you know, third versus second in the league. Uh, Dulwich Hamlet still chasing automatic promotion, um, which I think the majority of non-league fans would like to see because it's against Billericay. Um But uh, you know, there's a decent turnout, 921, I think it was. The ground itself is is brilliant. I love it. It's got the classic old feel with the with stone terracing going up quite high behind one goal, fully covered behind one end. It's a uh, it's a it's a cracking little place and. The surrounding area is beautiful. You've got the cricket next door as well. So, all in all, it was a, uh, a brilliant ground. After the game itself, I mean, Dulwich had a spell of about 15 minutes where they just tore apart Folkestone. And uh, it was 3-0. And it was basically game over. The second half was, I think, probably both sides preparing for the future weeks. And, you know, there's that chance, of course, where they could be facing each other again in the playoffs. It's uh, as clear as clear as mud all that, Matt, isn't it? I, I think, you know, what I found particularly concerning and confusing was what he said there about how there's a possibility that teams next year in the playoffs could end up not getting promoted. I can't, I can't see how that's going to work, but he obviously knows better than I do. Oh, I love a man with a spreadsheet, so I'd love to see that spreadsheet that he's working on. It does seem absolutely crazy. And from that point of view, from the side that, side that could lose the playoffs and get promoted, there's going to be a side that beforehand who knows in this, Will they really try in the playoffs? We're up anyway, it doesn't really matter. We'll, we can see what they do, because even if they do win that game, surely the confusion will go on for about an hour. The side that lost, that will be absolutely despondent, could well be getting promoted. So it does seem an absolute fuss. There must be a better way of getting around doing this sort of thing. Can, surely you can promote an extra team rather than a losing playoff side. Well, I think that, that, that what, they should, what they should have done was whoever second-best third-place team should just go up straight away. But I think the, the difficulty is, is that, you know, I guess maybe Thurrock haven't officially pa- packed it in yet. And I guess there's also the, sort of the, the question marks over what they, what they have said because they have said elsewhere in the, in the, in the programme, the FA have said that there will be promoting a team who loses a playoff run because and what is important is there are not going to be any reprieves this year which is um, you know I think that's a good thing because if you finish bottom of the league as far as I'm concerned you deserve to be relegated yeah, you know, and, and when there's only one team going down I'm so pleased they've taken that stance and said we're not going to reprieve anyone yeah, I think it, it just it seems so, it does seem strange they've got to look at the system and what he said was a concern next season you could go in the playoffs and not be promoted I don't know how what they're going to do is Joe Taylor who's just gone down for uh, Folkestone Fouled by Tomasi. He's had a good game up front, Joe Taylor, for, for Maystone. A real handful against them. The sides are a little bit, you know, two levels high. You wouldn't know the difference between the two sides. Maystone have only really dropped Stuart Lewis in this game as well. So, uh, from that point of view, I've got a funny feeling we could be going to extra time here, John. Well, that certainly seems the case. 18 minutes to go and still no sort of breakthrough. I must admit, I was fully expecting, once Maystone had got their s- survival secured, I was fully expecting them to win this game and win it well. So, you know, cr- full credit to Folkestone, but, you know, more of that to come. What, what I will also say while we're talking about Peter was it was very nice to hear about where, I thought, um, and, and learn a little bit more about his club. He told me afterwards that they may be looking to go into the Midland League next year, which won't be great for, for travelling, but it'll be all right for him apparently because he lives out that sort of way. But what I did want to say, and I said to him, was that I, it's always been a. I used to cover teams that would play where, and it was always a dream of mine that they'd have an absolute stinker the game before, and then they'd be playing where next, so that I could use the headline From Despair to Where, which uh, obviously is a Manic Street Preachers song, uh, who I'm going to see next week. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, but I, I think that'd be. A, I didn't want to know about that. It's Kevin Carter on that one. Well, I know that song. Yeah, well, they've got one called From Despair to End. I must admit, I did once drive through there after seeing Whitton Town blow promotion on the last day of the season. So that literally was From Despair to Wear, but I didn't get the chance to use it uh, in the papers. So that was a, uh, you know, a, a bit of a frustration. Um, that I didn't get to well, actually I'd, I'd love to see if he just listen to this any chance I'm going to have a look at your spreadsheet I'd love to know how he's worked this out from there that's a, 
that must be a labour of love doing all that and working that out. So, but we must have got it. So once he, every week he gets updated, brilliant, brilliant. That's what non-league football is all about. He, I think he does put it on on his Twitter feed, so we might have to look him up at Peter Miller thirty six years. Um, and I say, really nice fellow, and really appreciate him giving up a bit of time to, to chat. And obviously, he did say there as well that he was uh, he watched Folkestone on Saturday, um, got a day pass from the missus. I quite like the line that he said there. But um, you know, he go, he go obviously he sees a lot of football, and, and you know he knows a game that, that kind of dies as that one seemingly did with them three and up. And we might as well stick with the Boston Premier as we're talking about it. And you know, Folkestone are still waiting to find out who they're going to be playing in the playoffs. Their playoff game will be next Thursday. Um, hopefully they'll be at home. It depends on how Hendon get on in their last two games. But it does look like at the moment it's all over for, for Margate, sadly, because uh, Leeson's victory, they are winning at the moment. Oh, inches away, Joe Taylor there. Inches away from connecting with that low ball across from Yusuf. It's been given as a corner. Actually, it wasn't Taylor, was it? It was the sub. It was the, it was the, the sub, Draycott, um, who was, it was inches away from, from converting that one. Um, Good play there. Talk about that. Yusuf, who's been impressive as well, led the line. Um, gone down the flanks pretty time signed a new contract with Folkestone I thought some sides may look at him again as he's come down the league but he looks a, he looks a handful as well they look, do look dangerous in attack they've got a corner now yeah they, they, they haven't looked very dangerous and obviously you know they ask who the player but Margate as we were kind of saying yeah. Leeson are currently winning and it's going to mean that they're going to need a massive goal different swing um, to even have to have any chance of getting into the playoffs on, on Saturday and, and I mean it may be out of their hands by then anyway um, they lost at home to Billericay who are about to be crowned champions as well um, on Saturday too one after going ahead and, and it goes back to what we were saying last week have Margate overachieved or underachieved I think that they've probably slightly overachieved but they're still going to be very disappointed Matt Ooh. folks that are really bagging on the door at folk against uh, Maystone here yeah I think the squad that Margate have got they should in my opinion be in the playoffs anyway before the start of the season I fancy an experienced squad there you know, Steve Watt, maybe an inexperienced manager, we had Steve Brown alongside him. He's conceding the goal. I spoke to the guy who worked with, Darren. He follows Margaret. He said, if the season, if, if football was 88 minutes long, they'd have walked this league because they conceded so many late goals. And when they've, they've dropped points from when they've been in front, which is really frustrating. But, as we said before, where Margate have been the last couple of seasons, it's an enjoyable season. The feel-good factor seems to be back a little bit, but they'll be bitterly disappointed because I think they've blown it, really. Yeah, Steve Watt will have learned a lot from this season as well, though, you know, because obviously last year was very difficult for him. Um, you know, it was sort of coming in late on when there wasn't a lot of hope. And, you know, he's coming, he's built his squad. They're all going to, they've got a little bit more affinity towards the club now. You know, and there's still been troubles off the pitch from Margate so far this season. And, and hopefully all of that's behind them now and they can really sort of focus next year and, and, and really, you know, they will be among the, the favourites for the title next year. And there's no reason why they, they can't be there or thereabouts. I think the league probably works out a little bit better for. Um... Margate next season as well more southern based when it, when it goes into the, the three tier system and I think it may be a, a less strong league which may help Margate out um, from that point of view because some of the, the North North London teams like Staines people like that are gonna, not going to be in their division which may help them out as well I think Indeed, I should point out really, this is quite interesting because normally Matt is watching a game on a Saturday and he's commentating on the game and then trying to fill in the bits. Here he's doing the exact opposite because he's trying to talk and do a podcast but actually also keeping an eye on the game and the game's almost become the bits. How are you finding this challenge? Yeah, yeah, it's it's still got folks that have really had some good chances. The game's getting a little bit pity as well now. uh, Finney's having a chat with uh, Yusuf there but folks in there had a couple of really good chances down this left-hand side. I've been impressed with Yusuf. He's um, a couple of good chances so... 12 to go it looks like only one goal if there's going to be one before then he's going to win this but at the moment I think folks are on top well absolutely I think what, what's been noticeable about Maidstone is they haven't got that focal point up front really have they, they you know they're, they're almost playing wide men all, all sort of converging on the front and, and it does show and you know I think ultimately Jason Saunders will probably look back on this season and say that that's probably been their problem they haven't had that out and out goal scorer since Joe Piggott left yeah one of the things that speaking to a Maidstone fan said it's just been a long season isn't it they've had, the, they've had that win at Cheltenham in the cup there's loads of goes off now and um, to me they haven't got a goal scorer Piggott was a good goal scorer they had Hines as well he'll be back in this division with Chesterfield next season they need to find a goal scorer but that's a difficult part uh, um, every side needs a goal scorer but Maystone's a long hard season they just have to hopefully if they can come out with a bit of silverware they'll be happy but Saturday probably can't come quick enough for them those have just gone off what, what was your give us a quick scout and report on how you think he's played today Game gets in good positions but not strong enough from there 
you know, last season he, he, he had a better last season, but he's again lack of confidence in front of goal. I haven't scored that many goals, so it looks lack of confidence for me. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes next season. A lot of these Maidstone players are out of contract, I think, as well. So it'll be really interesting to see what they could, what they're going to do with the squad. When, um, when he announces his retain list in a couple of weeks, I'd be interested to see what names are on there. Exactly. We're all just coming up to 10 minutes to go plus stoppage time here. So uh, as the linesman drops his flag on the far side over there. Um, we'll talk quickly about the Bostic uh, League Division 1 South, uh, where Cray Wanderers lost 5-3 at Walton Casuals on Saturday um, to ensure that they're definitely going to be in the playoffs rather than somehow sneaking up automatically. Hyde won at East Grinstead on Saturday, but the scenario remains the same for them. Um, win on Saturday and they're in the playoffs. But where it gets complicated is they're playing Corinthian Casuals, who still haven't secured their own playoff spot despite dismantling Guernsey as we speak. This brings Ashford United into play for the playoffs as well because they play Walton Casuals. If Hyde draw and Walton Casuals win, Hyde will miss out on goal difference, and that would be such a blow for Hyde after the season they've had and the run they've had. Yeah, it's, I, to be honest, like, when looking at the Saturday, when I was looking at the paper, I thought, oh yeah, they're in. Hi, they're in now. But now, I didn't realise that Corinthian Casuals have got such a better goal difference and destroying Guernsey. The Walton Casual game is absolutely... But they're confident. They're winning football matches. There's no reason why not. Just carry on as they do. Will, as they have been over the last few days, a few games, to get in there. But that would be a bitter pill to swallow after such hard work and miss out on the final game of the season it's, it's such a, a, a funny game that one because I mean really they could both be celebrating on Saturday they could both be in the playoffs um, I mean Corinthian Casuals if they win could even end up finishing third in the league um, depending on, on how other results go and I mean there is even a scenario I suppose where Corinthian Casuals could win finish third Walton Casuals not get a result and Corinthian Casuals be playing Hyde on Tuesday night and that is another thing I should add as well is that obviously the playoff semi-finals will be on Tuesday night next week um, so they'll be done and dusted by the time we record again um, so you'll have to keep an eye on our social media on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast where we'll let you know the fixtures and I'll probably go to a game on Tuesday night if I can uh, get get up there I mean assuming of course that either Cray or or Hyde are at home I will try and try my damnedest to get up there um, and we'll kind Cray of see how right. that goes their goal is plus 62 there can't be many sides who haven't won a league who've got a goal of plus 62 but uh, they're in there Cray anyway because more casuals can't catch them so we could have could we have a Kent semi-final next week we, we could do I, I also worked out roughly uh, some sort of rough working about how many goals there's been in the league this year um, it was as, as you said last week it's a very complicated mathematical process I just went down the goal score <laughs> and it's I, I'm worried that I've forgotten this and I'm going to say this one but I think it's about 1800 nice. in, that, in that league this season um, but obviously that is over a full season it works out around three a game on average so it's still a certainly a good place to, to watch games of football well yeah you think you can see the top seven would, would have, could have 86 points in there amazing amount of um, games when you look at the bottom and Look at that! Sure, we've got eight points, so that's so at the moment they're ninety-one points off the, the top from there. So I don't think they're going to make division. it. No, well, they're needing snookers if that's the case. But yeah, fantastic division and Hythe and Cray. We know we had Cray on earlier in the season about it, and they were so confident, weren't they? Now, what a bit of pill to swallow if they don't get in every other playoffs as well. But it's some decent sides of them. We know what Greenwich are like. A bit of a budget cut, but. From that point of view. And going back to Ashford, looks like back-to-back away wins. It's like buses on their away wins. Unbelievable. I've got it written down here as well. You know, the 22nd attempt on Saturday, they finally got their first away win back at this level. They trailed early on, then hit back to Lee, but an equalising half time made it 2 2 at Chipstead. But then Joshua Oyinsar netted from the spot three minutes from time to give the travelling support what they've been waiting for. And like you say, they've caught the bug now because 3 1 up at Molsey at the moment, I believe, and a good, a good strong end to the season. And, you know, that game against Walton Casual, they certainly won't give up will they no, no I presume they'll try and do uh, by the favour at home in front of their home faithful they've done it away the last two games let's see if they can do it in front of their own fans coming close now Maidstone they, they haven't really, I mean Maidstone in this game obviously they hit the bar didn't they through Lozo in the first half and that double save but in the second half they haven't really worked the goalkeeper at all have they no, they've, got, they've got plenty of width in their folks have had the better chances and again Taylor he's strong against the uh, other players and again and this guy McCann down the uh, left hand side has caused problems you just feel one chance if Folkestone can get it they can take it they play some nice football as well Folkestone good attacking threats it hasn't been a classic to be fair to um, look for a new sponsor which I think they're looking for but um, the 1680 they may play a noise though the crowd but just lack of entertainment lack of goals well indeed um, we'll also talk about the rest of the games in the uh, in the Bostock League Division 1 South at the weekend um, 
the top two were still battling for the title were just a train stop away from each other but both lost we had Faversham beat Lewis 2-0 while Sittingbourne with 3-1 winners over Carshall and Athletic and that could run a form that the Brickies have been on at, at of late has got Aslan Adev the job on a permanent basis so well done to him and I think that's the right decision Matt don't you? It is going, some big goals going in looks like uh, Ebsleet are going to beat Gates there because Danny Kevin's got a hat-trick 4-2 shot comes in good save by Roberts down there to clear it away to Ebsleet Danny Kevin's come out the uh, rocks there they got it back to 2-2 Gates said from that but it's still Bromley nil, Barrow nil. for me it looks like Ebsleet are going to be uh, shooing for the, for the playoffs which doesn't affect my boys at all. <laughs> well, we said that last week and um, mentioned that on Twitter and Ebb Street said, let's hope that's not the kiss of death. And obviously they then went on and lost 1-0 to Sutton. But it's, you know, it's going to be in their hands. They're down at relegated Torquay um, on Saturday. Torquay were currently 3-1 down at home to Geisley, um, which I is... I think not, my uh, iPad's feeling a bit sorry for me. You're, you're right. <laughs> he's, not, he's not updated now for me. From that, so he's feeling a little bit sorry for, for me from that, seeing that scoring. But fair play. But your phone's, your phone's upsetting you. Yeah, exactly, your phone doesn't yeah. mind. I'm not going to throw that on the floor yet, but no... I've had the permutations going around my head for this, but fair play to Ebsley. Um, puts him in a very good position. Yeah, and we, before we saw those that latest score, we were just talking about Sittingbourne, Azanadev, 26 years yeah. old. What a, what a great... He, he had a slow start. They stuck with him, and he's, he, he's paid dividends because they've had some really good results of late Sittingbourne. They've done really well, and, you know, fair play to them. And I think they'll be... Looking to have a decent season next year under Adev. Well, you can see 1-0 down against Carshall. I think they were and then went in to win 3-1. They've given him the job. It was a very good talker. He's got to start somewhere, hasn't it? 26-year-old, fair play. He sounded confident when he had him on the pod. And sitting born in a club, you know, not going to be well beaters, but he can learn his craft there with good people behind him. And we'll definitely look out for their results next season. And good luck to him as well, you know. It's good that a lot of people these days do work in football there's a lot of academy football around with kids and things like that somebody's given him a chance he knows his youth football can he get that on uh, senior football and uh, elsewhere in that division Ramsgate hammered relegated Shoreham 5-1 Herne Bay with 3-1 winners at Corinthian Casuals VCD beat Horsham 2-1 Thamesmead were 3-1 victors at Whiteleaf Phoenix drew 1-1 at Guernsey and I reckon Matt going through those results that's the best weekend we've managed all season in that division don't you because we, we had such high hopes for how that season how it was going to pan out and I remember almost every week we've had a couple of teams lose we've only had like literally what one defeat and that was Cray losing at Walton Casuals and Cray normally been winning every week. If you want to look at the form, Cray are probably a mid-table side since um, we've been on the pod. Long ball again, good claim by the goalkeeper. Yeah, they've. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought really that Ashford got promoted after week one when they sacked the manager. I think near enough. So upheaval. But Faversham have had a disappointing season from then. So yeah, hopefully next season when it's a different league, different sides probably in the Bostick South. Hopefully, our teams as well. Team, yeah. You know. The Bostick South has done well on the side there. It's not going well. Yeah, as attack comes in from Folkestone. Yeah, I think maybe next season the Kent sides can rise to the top in that division, whatever it's going to be called. Is it still going to be the Bostick? I think so, yeah. I think they've signed a, signed a longer-term deal. So they're, still they're not interested in doing the Kent Senior Cup, are they? <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you never know. Um, I should point out, we've offered to sponsor the Kent Senior Cup. Our offer of a tenner was, uh, was politely declined, shall we say. £8 of your money, that's £2 of mine, John. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, elsewhere on Saturday, uh, when the season finishes for those teams, um, the games we haven't mentioned yet, VCD go to Carl Shorten, Sittingbourne at Hastings, Herm Bay host Greenwich Borough, Faversham are away to Molesey, Phoenix are at home to Shoreham, Ramsgate play East Grinstead Town, and Thamesmead are at home to South Park. 88 minutes gone now, so just two minutes left here in the uh, Folkestone victor against Maidstone, Kent Senior Cup final with Maystone they've had a lot, a lot more of the ball I'd say but their, their chances when they've had them you know Coker who went off just as we came on to start recording the show he had some really good chances but he just didn't uh, didn't look like scoring and, and Matt made a comment like that about a chap called Aziz at uh, Dover who we will discuss very shortly because we're still, we're still waiting for, some, for the sort of final scores um, from those games today and what that will mean um, for the playoff race and Matt's iPad has got the right ump with him I don't know what's going on, on with it phone, on oh, and your phone's got the, got the ump as well so we're, we're in all sorts of strife here games as well so it's not there Maystone sums him up goes wide yeah it's, it, but yeah it has been frustrating for, for them um, tonight Maystone you know and, and Coker He's, here for, he's been here from Crystal Palace and it's it's not been his night. He had, he had one chance in particular where he sort of burst in on the right-hand side of the box. In the first half, Mason got him behind so many times. Bursting on the right-hand side of the box. He had teammates in the middle screaming for it and then he almost sort of 
tried to check back as the defender got back and he got caught in possession which was a real sort of source of frustration for them but the Maidstone fans are, are getting a bit excited there they think they've got a free kick on the far side 30 seconds left of normal time I've quite enjoyed it it hasn't been the, the, the greatest game I've ever seen um, it looks like the Southern Counties East League website has, has, has had some sort of meltdown um, as well but as things were standing the last time I saw that Seven Oaks were finally going to be able to celebrate promotion um, even though they were being held at Corinthia in the last I saw Crowborough were losing at Bearstead um, which would mean that that would be enough for the um, for the Oaks to celebrate promotion Whitstletown still going like a train even though they were, they were both held last week um, Whitstable and Seven Oaks but Whitstable got back in, into winning form um, on Monday night as they beat relegated now Rochester um, Seven Oaks will be hoping they can they can get their mitts on the trophy. It could be on Saturday when they play at Irith Town, and that game I should mention as well um, is a charity day for the home side Irith Town. Um, all the profits from the gate receipts are going to the Jimmy Mizzen Fund. I don't know if you're familiar with this young man. He was a uh, he was a young lad who was in London and he was the victim of I think he was stabbed. Um, yeah, young lad. You've seen the pictures of him in school uniform. Very sort of distinctive looking. Um, but you know that's the kind of the power that these clubs have that they can give that that sort of money to charity and look after the the. the people around them and be, be at the heart of their communities oh, that's, that's what non-league football club at Maystone we've been here part of their community Folkestone as well did a lot of um, uh, for cardiac arrest in the young at the weekend against the Dulwich game because of course Paul Sykes um, died about uh, um, 13 years ago I think it is now um, from that point of view so yeah you know, it's good that these clubs are getting involved in the community from that point of view Folkestone are they going to steal it no I don't think it is four minutes of stoppage time John could be I've luckily got my coat on I'm going to be alright <laughs> It could be the go for them, but Maystone on the attack. Can they win it? No, it's, it's just not falling for them, is it? And, and Folkestone, I mean, let's be honest, Folkestone have defended really well. Callum Davis has, has had a good game at the back there. And, you know, that they have looked, looked the part, Folkestone, haven't they? And they will be a, a threat whoever they play in the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's no... They look, they look dangerous going forward, solid at the back. They can, do concede goals. We're expecting goals today. Or there going to be a chance here? Good defending again. Really good block. That's, that's Newman who came on in the first half. Obviously, they did lose Nat Blanks to injury in the first half, which they'll, they'll be a little bit concerned about because you don't really want to pick up an injury at, at this sort of time when you've got playoff games next week. But Matt Newman, experienced player, has been around the level. He certainly knows what, what he's got. As The ball's in the box. Oh, into the side netting. That was a, a really good chance for Maidstone there right at the end and they didn't quite take advantage. It's, is that Lewis? Lewis that's prestige. Prestige, prestige. Yeah, Prestige in the middle there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been one of those games really, and it, it, we were kind of hoping there'd be lots of goals and well, chances. Folks can say folks can score, but concede a lot as well. But to be honest, they look pretty solid at the back. Maidstone, they need a striker from somewhere really. Um, I think that's got to be Jason Warner's priority, yeah, isn't it? In the I think, yeah, I think it, it probably is. But everybody wants a striker of that. Maybe they can get one from Epsley because they're five-two up against Gateshead oh, now. So what, go on then. We might as well talk about it then. So that, that result is is really great news for Ebbsfleet who have gone back into the playoff places with that win tonight haven't they they're up to fifth I see at the moment um, but it leaves Dover in ninth place of the table so they are two points outside the playoffs but the problem is, is you've got to find teams who are above them who they can catch so you've got AFC Fylde who are at Wrexham on Saturday all these games kick off at half past 12 on Saturday and uh, Borehamwood are where do you say Borehamwood are Matt? Home to Geisley, bottom of the table, Geisley. Bottom of the table, who have won at Torquay yeah, tonight. Oh, yeah, they have won at Torquay. And, um, and then Bromley are obviously still in the mix as well, and they're at Maidenhead. So, That's right. you know, the, the odds are firmly stacked against Dover, but it's not the Dover podcast, it's the Kent Non League podcast. So, Ebb Street United looking good now. Um, they're, 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 well, looking at it there, they need a point from their final game against relegated Torquay. You are losing at home to Geisley. So, for them, it's been a fantastic achievement. They've gone to Gateshead and smacked five past them. Kedwell is a good, a good player. And Mayfan over elaborate in front of goal again. As folks think, yeah, Kedwell, what a talisman he's been for him. A hatchet when you need him. And we mentioned it before, he knows the playoffs. He's got, he scored the winning penalty to get a side up in these playoffs. So, great result for them. I think they'll get a point at Torquay. Dover, you're reliant somehow. Fylde and Bournemouth losing... And we're into extra time here, John. We are what into time am I going to get home tonight? I don't know. You live a long way from here, don't you? Um, we're not going straight to penalties here. because well, I'm just wondering, because the trophies just come up and been brought out, and all the medals have been brought out, and they're actually putting them on the pitch. So there is a possibility that this is actually going to go straight to penalties. We are going to penalties, aren't we? I think we're going to penalties. You've had a right result. You're not going to be here for an extra half an hour, Matt. 
I don't mean to be rude. Surely the competition of this standard should have extra time, unless it's been agreed with by um, both parties that, right, we'll go to penalties before then. So Well, we had extra time in the trophy final um, a couple of weeks ago, so, you I'll, know. I'll, I'll just look at my programme and <laughs> well, read it there and find it from there. But um, so, yeah, well, penalties yeah, then. We, penalties. We, will, we will, do you know what, as, a tr- as an added bonus, we're going to talk you through the penalties then. So it looks like... Uh, Edit it out to the, the winning one, maybe, but we'll have a go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a go. Is this, this going to be ABBA as well? That's the question. Oh, don't start me on that. So it looks like Maidstone are going to take the first penalty. It's going to be the number 19, I believe, is uh, Blair Turgut, who's going to take the first penalty. Um, you, took, can, you can do Maidstone, I'll do Folkestone. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, Turgut is stepping up. The penalty's been taken goal over to our right-hand side in front of the new stand. The new stand here at, uh, at Maidstone United. Um, so Turgut is going to step up now. Keeper is going up and down on his line trying to put him off. Here comes Turgut and he sticks that in ju- only just. Robert's got a hand to it, I'd say, but it went almost in the top corner. And uh, yeah, interesting. While, while, we're t- while we're waiting for Yusuf to walk up and take this penalty, Matt, talk me through Dover's late win. Um, you've just shown me Aziz's goal. You said he didn't have a goal in him, Matt. That's an absolute yeah, worldie, isn't it? He toe poked it from about six inches out. But yeah, Dover huffed and puffed. It showed a, a bit of character they had, hadn't done earlier in the season. It's going to be Yusuf who's been used to taking penalties he's had about eight this season I think more than that Yusuf stepping up against Morgan Maystone fans trying to put him off behind the goal Yusuf steps up and a great penalty to the keeper's left right in the corner a little bit lower from targets but yeah back to Dover Dover yeah showed a bit of character really coming from behind the first time this season they've been in they've gone one a game from coming from behind which is shows a little bit may not be enough but with the results that are going today, we'll go from there. Joe, Joe Reason's stepping up now to take the second penalty for Maidstone United. He's, he's taken the season straight down the middle, 2-1 to, uh, to, uh, to Maidstone, sorry. And obviously we're not doing the ABBA penalties, we're doing actual normal, normal proper penalties. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting one, that one. I, I was obviously keeping an eye on that game um, on Saturday afternoon, even though I was out and about. Um, I must admit, the first I knew of the winner was that I had a message from Matt on Twitter saying, always knew Aziz had a goal in him, um, which is uh, quite interesting. But, um, you know, it may be too little too late, but a bit of spirit for Dover. Next, second folks on penalty now, Matt. Yeah, Joe Taylor's going to say, he's had a good game, Taylor. Taylor steps up and rolls it in the corner. That's confident. And look, tells the Maidstone fans to calm down. He had a good game, Taylor, from there. A really nice cool penalty, penalty from yeah. Joe Taylor. I, I, I remember they used to have a bit of a row when he was at Ramsgate who was going to take the, the penalties, if it was going to be him or Ian Pullman. Um, Pullman missed enough that they decided Joe Taylor would just take them from, from there on in. And uh, he's taken that one very, very nicely. So it's 2-2 on penalties after four perfect penalties so far. Um, Reese Prestige is now going to step up, left-footed, um, for the... <laughs> for the stones and he hits that quite hits that strongly the goalkeeper dives away to his right and it goes just just the other side of, of, of centre so 3-2 now to, to Maystone in this all shooter. big quality penalties I have to say yeah. from that um, Saturday then well, while we're talking we, we're just trying to round this up as well, nil, nil. Drawn nil, nil, so Dover into ninth they're going to have to win and rely on another side so um, at, at Woking on at Woking yeah Woking are going to go Woking need to win to stay up and hope that Barrow don't beat Chester as well so Woking will need to win to stay up in that game so an interesting one number 8 is it for Folkestone this will be 6 6 so I can't read numbers right Hasler Hasler steps up left footed breaks the crossbar that's, that's landed on top of the stand off the bar that one the Maidstone fans are happy left footed he's put his head his shirt over his head over the crossbar so that's 3-2 to Maidstone can this win it for Maidstone Yes, uh, it could couldn't it no, yeah. no, no, not quite. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being right. You're, you're getting carried away, mate. You, 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 away. you need to spread My eyes are failing me there. Number 30, that's Michael Phillips, isn't it? 37. Yep, he came on as a substitute as well, Phillips. So he steps up now. And that's a cool penalty straight down the middle. The kit, the kit, the, a lot of these Mason penalties have gone straight down the middle. And now the pressure's on because if McCann misses, then that is definitely it. Curtains for folks and Victor. Yeah, McCann. A decent game, I thought, in the second half. Again, left foot. Goalkeeper Roberts is putting it on his thing. To me, he's going to score. I feel confident that he'll put the ball in the back of the net. This is a bit like uh, Brian Moore, Kevin Keegan, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, Kevin, yeah, quickly, yeah, yeah. we score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in 98, 20 years ago. That's the time from that. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> oh, maybe he's re put the ball on. McCann, the Maystone fans getting a little bit excited. McCann centre over oh, the bar. Dear me. And Maystone have won the Kent Senior Cup. The celebrations aren't <laughs> as exciting as I expected. It's the players coming to sort of embrace each other. 
rather than running to uh, Lee Morgan. But congratulations to Maystone. First time since 1990 they've won it. Uh, it's their 19th trophy. I, I, funny enough, I saw earlier they, it was, they've won 18 and they've not won it since 1990, which is a bit like Liverpool in the in the uh, in the top flight uh, championship because they haven't won the the well, they've never won the Premier League. But they last won the Football League in 1990. Obviously, a great night for Liverpool tonight. They've won 5-2 against Roma. Um, I hope that, that kind of us doing the penalties hasn't kind of ruined the, the, the podcast for you. But um, to sum up, Matt, you're going to be at Woking on on Saturday, and are you daring to dream? Oh, you've got well. If Chris Kinnear still thinks he's probably win the league. He's that positive. Yeah, all David can do is win the game and rely on everybody else's. So hopefully, my iPad is not going to go into a fit, so I can keep an eye on it on Saturday. But there you go. But you know, fair play to Ebbsfleet. They've got that defeat against Sutton could have affected them. Gone the gate. Said long way to go. Smacked in five to them. I think they're going to be a shoe in. David got to rely somehow that Bourne would beat Geisley and of course that filed because Fylde probably only need a point really at Wrexham now because their goal difference is a lot better so changing things have happened David came into this mission four years when they got promoted in this league looks like they weren't going to get him can they do it? you never know but all in all it's been a good season but fair play to Ebsley we should also mention um, obviously the National League South title race which is going right down to the wire as things stand up they're still three points clear but a 3-0 win for Havant in their game in hand on Wednesday night we'll put Havant top of the table going into those final games Havant are playing Concord at home and, Dove, and Dartford go down to Bognor Regis what, what, what a title race that's been I think it's you know everybody's going to be on their mobile phones whoever scores first right we've got to get one more than the other it'll be an interesting one Dartford grateful mate wins on the spin Havant haven't let them go though they've won the game good result they had at the weekend at Chelmsford which I thought could have been the game that um, they could drop points at. you expect them I expect Dartford to beat Bognor Bognor already relegated how many goals they can get them how many goals can Havant get against uh, uh, East Thurrock tomorrow night Wednesday night and also Concord as well so it's going to go to the wire you could go down to goal scored can you believe it amazing when you play them 42 games down to that your game, if you don't go up, you've got to look at those chances, the missed penalties they've had in games, etc. like that. So, can the darts do it? Why not? It's going to be heartbreaking for either side. If they lose in that position, how can you get yourself up for the playoffs? Well, that must be that's going to be the concerning for either manager from that point of view. But they've had a great season, Dartford. I'm interested to say maybe they've been their best two sides because they're a long way clear of everybody else. They should have enough to go up. It's just if you can lift yourself if you lose that game, indeed. Right. And obviously in the Southern Counties East League tonight on, on Tuesday night while we've, been, while we've been at the Kent Senior Cup Finals Seven Oaks have finally done it um, They, I think they've won late on at Corinthian but the result that matters for them is that Crowborough have lost 1-0 at Beested great result for Beested but Seven Oaks finally the champagne can come off the ice and Seven Oaks can now say they will be playing Bossick League football next year what, what an achievement that is Absolutely fantastic does that make Whistable as well probably near enough now if they win tomorrow I expect they can probably be promoted as well so we've been going on for weeks and weeks so next week I'll do it this week they find it now on the eve, eve of the season I expect Mickey Collins probably would have wanted it um, done a little bit earlier but he's done it again when they're playing which I think is probably the best thing as well when you're not if you win a title when you're not playing it probably takes a little bit of shine off it but they've been the best side throughout um, little status now and then as you would expect but playing Devon whatever live division they're going to be called next season Devon Bostick South fantastic form we'll, and we'll see interesting to see how they get on Ashford haven't done a great this season but no issues they are but I think Seven Oaks off the pitch are quite well organised as will be Whitstable so um, I'm sure they'll do Kent Proud but congratulations to Mickey Collins hopefully we can get to speak to him next week Indeed and I suppose we should say as well that their party was a bit spoilt on Saturday when uh, <laughs> when they played against uh, Sheppey United and Dan Bradshaw scored another hat-trick as Sheppey United won 5-2 at Greatness Park only the second team to win there this season the only second visiting team to win there and, and that just shows again we've talked about them before the potential Sheppey United have got as a, as a club is there two 5-2 away wins as well in the league this weekend there was another one elsewhere on Saturday but pe- overall Sheppey United that's a great result for them yeah I think it's going to be a tight half league next season in the, in the scaffold as well with, with the two sides coming up who want a little bit of progress as well and want to do from there it'll be interesting to see which sides will be up there Crowbar will be up there as well but I think it could be an open league next season as arguably the two sides probably maybe with the the biggest budget I'm not talking about budgets when you leave but the highest budgets in there have got promoted out of that division so it'll be interesting to see what the scaffold's like next season and here's our reaction of course from, from today's um, cup tie coming up next first of all we're going to hear from the man who lifted the trophy despite not saving any penalties in the penalty shootout so here's Maystone goalkeeper Lee Wogan normally when you get a penalty shootout win the uh, keeper's the hero but you didn't have to save anything did you? no yeah I know it's quite nice to be fair I, um, it's, always, um, it's always difficult because 
uh, you know, you want to make a save. Um, but I just tried to stand up. I tried to read it, read it. But fortunately for me, I think to be fair to folks, I just think that their legs went at the end. And do you know what? I thought I thought they were excellent on the night. If I'm being totally honest with you. And but our, our boys, penalty takers, done ever so well. And uh, you know, it got us the win in the end. Obviously, you've got your hands on the trophy as well. You got to lift up the cup. So I guess yeah. that was a proud moment for you. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to. To, to be captain and to be able to lift the trophy and I know, I know the club haven't won it for a long time um, I personally wish we'd done it in better circumstances if I'm being honest I think you know I think we weren't great on the night um, but you know we remain resilient you know they had nothing to lose we, you know we did what we can and took it to penalties and like I said the, the, the boys the boys finished their penalties and um, unfortunately they didn't finish theirs so it's a, a good week for you because obviously you've secured yeah. your survival now and, yeah. and you can sort of start looking forward to next season yeah, that's it. It was always going to be a difficult, uh, to, a difficult end to, to the season, obviously, because of the situation we were in in terms of the league. Um, I knew we always had more than enough. Um, it was just a case of getting the points on the board. I thought we was excellent here against AFC Fylde. Um, and then we went up last week and, uh, and had a tough job, to be fair, away at Chester. But we managed to get the, the points. And it's, it's sort of one of them. I think we need to take what positives we can from this season and try and input them into next season and, and be better. It's been funny. The last few weeks, you seem to do better against the top teams than the ones around the bottom. Is, is that sort of team underestimating you a bit? Um, a little bit. I think teams at the top, they tend to come at you. Um, we're, we're very good at exposing teams in behind and, and little gaps. And you know, when you're playing teams down the bottom, they don't tend to give you that sort of space. Uh, but again, I think it's a mentality thing. I think our mentality's got to improve when we're, when we're playing teams in and around the bottom half. Um, and I think you know we've all learned a lot from this season. So hopefully we can uh, we can take that on. Obviously, you finish on Saturday against Saturday Halifax. Looking forward to that. One. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully we should have a, a, yeah, a good party at the end. And um, like I said, we've uh, we owe it to the fans to put on a performance. If I'm honest, so hopefully we can uh, get the win and uh, finish the season well. Lovely man, Lee Walken, uh, Matt. I enjoyed speaking to him last time. He was very nice for us just then as well. Um, it's basically job done for them. Looking forward to the end of the season now, and it's just they're going to learn so much from from this year. Yeah, I think that's probably the key from that. Um, I think they need to strengthen the squad um, from that point of view defensively. Walgan's had a probably good season. He's probably going to find out. He's going to put him in the player of the year probably on Saturday. I expect when they hear they can end the season with three consecutive wins, which is important for confidence. But I think it could be a, a big pre-season a pre-season for them working players they can get in. It's an attractive club to play at. It's a fantastic ground, good gates as well. So they are uh, an attractive club to players to come in, and they may be able to pick up some players. But yeah. It's a long, hard season, a disappointing season, maybe, but they've run it with a bit of silverware. And here is the losing manager, Folkestone boss, Neil Cugley. You've got bigger fish to fry, but I think you decided well tonight. Uh, especially second half, I think we knew we had to ride the storm and their fitness and sharpness, especially early on, shone through. But the second half went, I honestly thought we were going to nick the game, you know, on, on the break. And we kept our shape really well, we were really disciplined and... Bit disappointed not to take it in the last sort of five ten minutes. Yeah, you had some good chances, particularly down this left hand side, didn't you? Yes, we did, and just thought we might just sneak it. You know, I wouldn't say we deserved it, but uh, you know, after we, you know, Tim's played well in goal first half, kept us in it. And then you just think maybe it is our day. Well, what was the priority of this competition? What do you think of this com- as a competition? It's lost a bit of prestige over the last few years. Well, I think yeah, I think they should have the final there every year. It's like today. They have, I don't know what's the gate, but seventeen hundred, seven hundred. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's good. I know Mesa in it, but I think it's right in the middle of the town, and it's, it's still not a bad competition. You know, you say get that number of people here, and it, it's good. Bigger fish to fry at the weekend. Well, you're in the playoffs again. You've got a tough game at the weekend as well. Billericay have won the league. So where do you think? Do you think? You want to be home in the in the semi-finals, don't you? Yeah, we've got to wait the Hendon result tomorrow. I'm hoping Hendon don't beat uh, Leverhead and then I can rest. I mean, a lot of my players are carrying knocks and yeah. we've got a small squad. So, if you're in, if you're confirming um, fourth place, would you, would you rest a few third players? Place. Third if place, I sorry. Third place, yeah. I would definitely then be about six or seven lads will get a rest. Whether they're fit anyway, to be fair, they, they've taken. We've had a lot of games and small squad, and they and how we play with quite a lot of high tempo. It's been hard for them, and they've been a credit to the club this year. But overall, it's been a fantastic season for you, whatever happens, isn't it? Yeah, we, we never even dreamed to be in the playoffs. We never even thought about it. We was planning to be mid-table, and you know, and maybe this time of year try a few of the youngsters end of the year. Instead, we're. Uh, We've gone to a cup final, we've, we show we can play and to say to, to maybe finish third, if we can get that done and that'd be lovely to really build up for next Thursday then. Yeah, you've got the um, Yusuf and Roberts again, I thought Yusuf had a good game, as did Joe Taylor and Roberts showed what a good goalkeeper he is. Yeah, he's, he's top goalie, he made a couple of mistakes the other day and it's so unusual, but I say Addy and um, 
uh, to both signed on for next year and uh, they're a big part of what we're doing. Are you expecting more players to sign as well? Yes I am and we're still looking for a couple more. I think we're starting to get a bit of a better name and come to here and draw with mates and it shows we're not a bad club, you know, we're, we're not the richest club but we're a happy club and um, we've got to keep plugging away. Obviously disappointed Neil Cugley, but um, you know they've bigger fish to fry, haven't they? Yeah, that, that's what he said. And again, interesting what he said in that interview was that hopefully the result goes to them on uh, Wednesday, Thursday. That they can, a lot the side that turns up at Billerick, who won the division, is going to be very different to the side that plays within the playoff as well. So he's got bigger fish to fry. Everything here is a bonus, I think, for folks, and nobody expects them to be finishing third in this division, third or fourth in the division, which they're going to be. So Neil Cugley will go in there again. I was impressed with them tonight. Defensively, they looked pretty solid. Decent goalkeeper, and they had chances to win the game um, with, with, a, with a lively front men. With a plan against lesser two levels below, they're always going to score goals. I think so. Can't, particularly at home, can't can't risk them out in the playoffs. I think they've got a good chance of getting to the final. Yeah, and you will hear from Adi Youssef next week, head of the playoffs. So I've just spoken to him. He was pretty dejected, but uh, there you go. Um, that is it for this week's podcast. Um, thanks everyone for listening. It's been quite a, quite a long one, and we're really sorry that it has dragged on. But we got, did give you a live penalty shootout, which you can't um, complain about too much. I've got. I probably have done a lot of editing before you hear me say this. Um, but as always, thank you ever so much for listening. We do really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast or find us on Facebook at Kent Non League. And that is it we will speak to you next week when we will finally know who's won the divisions up and down the country who's playing in the playoffs and more besides so thanks Matt for coming out to see you uh, to see us and we'll see you all next week I really hope David can do it <laughs>